Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. open up in prayer. Father, I love you. I thank you so much uh, for, for our people. And I thank you for the fact that we are getting together, together again physically. Lord, I thank you for the people that are joining us online, Lord, for the connection that we have there. Lord, I pray right now for strength, for guidance, and for your words to lead. We love you. It's your name we pray. Amen. All right. Good morning, my people. How are you? Man, how great is this? This is awesome. Hey, how great is that right there? Look, man, for, for months, we've been able to stay connected online. So my online community, I'm so grateful that you're getting to join us here as well. Hey, I, you know, today, one of the things that we're going to dig in, we're going to talk a little bit about community uh, and kind of being disconnected. I, I don't know about you guys. Everybody kind of has their own struggles, maybe with people. Uh, one of mine is I have a tendency to do this. I will build shallow relationships, meaning uh, I'll get really, really busy and I'll come in, I'll do a quick smile, hello, quick wave, and then out the door I go on to the next one, right? So, and, and honestly, I'll use an excuse of I'm really busy. It's hard to keep up. It's hard to build these meaningful relationships because life is a hundred miles an hour and I'm trying to meet and please everybody. Do you know ultimately what I've discovered in all of that? is that it is a direct reflection of my life with Christ. It's, it's my relationship with Christ. Usually, if I am building shallow relationships with people, I've discovered that I'm often building a shallow relationship with the Lord in that season. Hey, here's some things that, that I've learned as far as being a pastor over years, and even in myself, things that I've learned that when I'm disconnected, I struggle with. And maybe you guys can relate to some of these. I have a tendency to be more selfish. I do. I have a tendency to be more selfish because I'm not pouring into others. I'm much more all about pouring into me. Like I, I love myself some me. I don't know if you guys can relate to that. But I love me, right? And when I love me, I pour in the gifts into me. And you know what happens when I tend to do that? Usually my bank account gets a little low. And in the, in like in the middle of that, pouring into me feels good. You know what I'm talking about, right? But over time, pouring into me takes a toll, right? How about this? Apathy? Anybody get apathetic whenever you're just kind of walking by yourself and walking this, this spiritual walk by yourself? I get apathetic towards the Lord. I, and I know that kind of sounds crazy because everything starts with the Lord. But the truth of the matter is if I'm not around people that are sharpening me and I'm not seeing the hands and feet of Christ working around me, I get apathetic towards the Lord. It doesn't take long to watch social media posts for me to get angry. And, and how about this? Maybe this is a phrase that you guys have said lately. There's no hope. We're, we are in trouble, right? Like, we, you almost look at people differently when you're disconnected. And I, I, here's, here's another thing. I, loneliness. loneliness. Loneliness is a thing that a lot of people are dealing with, especially when we're disconnect, disconnected from the body of Christ. And, you know, in the middle of this season, I, I feel like many of us have probably dealt with some of this. I, I, here's, here's another one. Poor health. 
John Ortberg did a study for nine years, nine-year study of over 7,000 people. Here's some of the things that he discovered. Listen, he says this, people who live alone are at much greater risk of sickness and poor health than their connected counterparts. Here's some other things that, that he said. You are three times more likely if you're isolated and, and isolated from people, you're three times more likely to die or pass away than those with strong relational connections. People who have had bad habits, such as drinking, smoking, uh, obesity, overeating, who, those who have those bad habits but are more connected are three times likely to live longer than those who are by themselves and disconnected. When I hear that kind of stuff, you know what I have to say to myself? Maybe there's something here that needs to change. To summarize that, do you know what his quote was? It is better to eat Twinkies with friends than to eat broccoli alone. Amen, right? There we go. Hey, the great news is this. God has given us this wonderful message all throughout Scripture that you are not meant to live by yourself, but you are meant, you are built for community. You are not built to be alone. You are built on purpose for, for him, but also for the people that he intertwines into your life. Our sermon in a sentence today is this. Drawing closer to God leads us to experience his people. Drawing closer to God leads us to experience his people. You know, if you are walking by yourself alone, you can love Jesus as much as you want to, but I would venture to say you may have a limp around, right? Because you're not walking that out completely faithfully. Hey, he will always bring people around you. Listen to this. Go back to the Ten Commandments. You guys think about the Ten Commandments. The first four are all about loving God. The next six, do you know what they're about? His people. They're about his people, loving his people. You remember the greatest commandment when Jesus was asked? I say this all the time. It's one of my favorite things to sit back. Love God, right? All your heart, all your soul, all your mind, right? Remember that? And what was the next part? Love yourself, right? Is it Justin Bieber song? No, that's not it. No. It says, love your neighbor, Go back, look, all throughout scripture, it is shown itself over and over again. Love God and love people. They are always intertwined. A walk by yourself is just a walk by yourself and it is lonely, apathetic, and it is, it is not designed or purposeful that way. Listen, I'm going to read through Hebrews 10, 21 through 25. You guys just follow along with me. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, y'all remember last, I guess a couple weeks ago, Adam did a sermon about the high priest, right? What was the high priest? The high priest, people in Israel would come to the high priest and sacrifice rams and all these other things. It was a big religious type show so that we could be right with God. But now we have Jesus who made things personal. And because Jesus made things personal for me and for you, you know what we can do? We can make this message personal for others in every day in how we live. Let's keep going. Look, it's been a while since I preached. You guys hang on, right? Let's keep going. Let's keep going. All right. So in the middle of this, if he's made this personal for us, then there's some calls to action that he's going to tell us. There's some let us actions. I know uh, Mike talked about some of these last week. Let's go into some of these. But let us draw near to God with a sincere heart 
and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Listen to this. Draw near. Now listen, y'all know I got two little girls. They're absolutely amazing. Kimmy's been showing houses with us like crazy. They come everywhere with us. And in, in the middle of this, here's some things I've learned about being a dad. When my kids get lost, do you know who they look for? They look for me or their mama. I mean, they run for us, right? When they get scared, we're watching something scary or something scary happens around in the middle of the night and I'm absolutely dog tired and I'm asleep. They get scared. You know who they run to? Right here, right there. Actually, she's amazing. I don't, I don't need to take credit for this. Georgette, honestly, is the superstar in this show, right? They run to us, though. They draw near to us. Do you know why? Because there's guidance there. There's safety there. There's love there. They know that if they find us, you know what they can do? They can count on us over and over again. Isn't that amazing that God wants to have such a personal relationship with us that when you are in your loneliness, when you are in your hurt, all you got to do is look up. Let's keep moving in some of this because the second let us action, this call to action moves right into that. It, It fits perfectly. Let us, verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. If over and over again God shows up for you, then guess what? It is easy to hold on to hope. And you know what's so crazy? Because this next verse, that this verse leads into the next one. It's, it's amazing how it works this way. When you are connected to God's people, Man, I have hope. I don't lose hope as much. Not as much as if I'm by myself and, and I'm, I'm seeing the keyboard warriors go to town and tell me just how bad everybody in the world is. I get so frustrated. I, I sit back often and I'm like, there's no hope. But the truth of the matter is God didn't design us that way. God designed us because he designed us for community. But he gave us Jesus to consistently bring hope into our lives. So, so let's go into this verse 23. For he who promises faithful and let us, so third action, consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. You know what he's saying? And don't forget to serve each other. Show up for each other. When one of you are down, come pick the other one up. Walk with each other. Man, when somebody needs help, don't just sit back and say, oh, Barbara will get her, right? No, that's not the story of the gospel, man. The story of the gospel is God changed me. He made this personal. I cannot stay the same. And and as as we keep moving into this serve one another towards love and good deeds, you ever been around somebody that does that really well? Have you ever noticed, I wanna be around people like that. I don't, I I'm like when I'm around somebody that's all about using the words, I can tell you a lot about your relationship with the Lord. I can tell a lot about my relationship with the Lord. Let me, let me put it on me here. When I use the word I and me, I can tell a lot about our relationship with the Lord when I hear people say things like we and they. You know, that goes a long way. So again, let's keep going. So here we are. He says, go in love and good deeds. Go show that to one another. Not giving up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Now, we talked a lot about habits here before, right? 
You ever miss one Sunday? First Sunday, you're kind of like, hey, not that big of a deal. Second Sunday, start thinking to yourself, well, I kind of miss church. And then you can so easily break a habit that is so healthy for you in getting together. I, and, and right now, listen, I, I'm not sure where you are in this world or what you've experienced, but I do know this. I want you to hear this. We miss you. We love you. We're glad that you're here this morning. If this is the first time you've been to church in a while, whether that's online, because listen, this counts. Whether you're here, we're just glad you're here. Glad you're here. You're creating a healthy habit so that God can speak to you through his people. Let's keep going. But, and this is kind of the fifth fifth call to action here, but encouraging one another. Instead, encourage one another. Your words matter. Man, drawing closer to God, it will always lead us towards his people. It will always entangle us towards others. Here, here's, here's one of the things that we can sit back. One of the ways I like to say, hey, let's, let's say, Kevin, we, I, I hear this stuff. I've been to church since I was a wee little kid. I know these type of verses. But you know what? I'm just struggling and just applying some things. Here's the deal. I'm going to take four things today. And I, I, I just simply ask that you try to apply them this week and some of them even today. The first one is this. Make a decision. Make a decision. It seems really, really easy, but what I mean by that is some of us, we have been wavering on whether or not we're going to follow, truly follow Christ. Look, if you're out there in our online community right now and that's something you want to do, hit the prayer tab or, or type pray with me. We'll make sure that a pastor comes to you. If you this whole idea, I don't know if you caught the end of verse 22, but there was this push on baptism. Y'all, the baptism's still open. You want to get baptized today? We will dunk you in that water. We'll take your confession and we'll keep moving you into this next step. That's one thing that we love to do at Northridge is we preach that we're here to help you take next steps. You want a healthy marriage? Then make a decision today that you're going to sit back and you're going to start applying some of these things even to your marriage. Make the decision. Second thing is this. Make meeting together. Make meeting together a priority. Man, don't miss this. Don't miss this. Life is hard. Life is busy. We know this. In in scripture, Satan is referred to as a lion. What does it say? It says that he's prowling around. You ever seen the National Geographic show? The little water buffalo? Not little. I guess he's a pretty big guy, right? He's all out. He's with the herd. And when you're with the herd, you're safe. But what do the lions do? Man, they wait till that little guy or that big guy is all by himself just enjoying his his little drink of water, right, in the safari. And the next thing you know, wham, because he's by himself. He is separated. He is separated from the herd. And when we separate ourselves from the herd, then guess what? We are inviting trouble. As believers, man, we are missing it when we do this. Here's another thing that kind of goes on with meeting together. How about this? Join a group. First three weeks in August, man, we are launching groups the first three weeks in August. I would love for you guys to join a group. Or maybe you sat back and you're like, hey, I've had a hard time getting in a group. How about this? How about somebody sit back and say, I'll lead a group. 
If you're at home, maybe host a watch party. Think about this. Maybe being in a crowd is not something that all of us feel really comfortable with right now, and that's fair. But what about this? I have a feeling that you guys are at least entangled with people around you. Why don't you invite them over and ask them to watch the service with you? We would love that. How crazy is that? There, there's, uh, there's a, a way that I sit back and I look at this. Learning to share life is so important. John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus says this. He says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. This is vital. Man, when you get together in circles and in groups, you know what you get to do? You share life with each other. You get to do this out loud. And so the rest of the world watches. If you are not in a group, you're missing a, a, a super, super, super priority to do life together. Man, I, I, do y'all know, I don't know if you know what apologetics is. Apologetics is defending our faith. It's defending our faith, right? Defending who Jesus is. And Francis Schaeffer says this in a quote. He says, our relationships with each other is the criteria, the criteria the world uses to judge whether our message is truthful. Bam. Listen, Christian community is the final apologetic. When I was younger in youth ministry, one of the things we used to do, we'd sing around a campfire. They, they'll know who we are by our love. Right. It, not only do we, does that bleed into meeting together, but it does bleed into serving together. For centuries, man, Christians, instead of cowering in houses, in pandemics and plagues, Christians were the ones that went and built hospitals. They were the ones that built orphanages. They showed up when people were hurting. Guys, listen, serve each other Right now, there's a lot of hurt people, and that doesn't have to come with you guys building hospitals and doing those type of things. It simply comes down to this. Love the people that God has surrounded you with. Serve your neighbors. Serve your neighbors. There's some things that we even do here that you can join us on. Ramp building. Chard Ray is having a baby shower. One of the things I love about Northridge, you guys show up. Man, buy some baby products, drop them off by the church. Let's make this a massive thing for Chard Ray. What if we show up in such a way that they sit back and they say, there is something different that's happening there at Northridge. They're not just saying they're the church, they're being the church. Let's do that. I thought I was going to get an amen on that. That's okay, no big deal. All right, uh, all right listen, what about, what about this? Speak up, speak up. One of the most powerful things in my life has been the lesson of encouragement. I am a words of affirmation person. Somebody had, a, at, I was sitting back and I listened to a message one time and this guy pulled out a box of little letters. And not little letters, just a ton of letters. They just kept coming. And there was something to it. He said, you know what? When I have a lonely day or when I, when I get frustrated and I feel like I'm by myself, I'll just pull out a letter and I'll just start reading there's, there's a letter, I, I, I sat back, and I have letters everywhere. If you know me, I'm a little scatterbrained, so I just shove them in places. It's a good thing, because I can find them almost anywhere. And I, I pulled out this one just this morning. The lady's named Diane Gasaway. She said this, Kevin, I'm so grateful that you are a pastor of mine. Some of the things I appreciate you about you is this. You faithfully lead us. 
You fill in well. You're excited when you preach. You speak respectfully and lovingly of your wife. You introduce yourself to new people. And she goes on with the list. And she made this look really pretty. Like, that's handmade. I sit back and I I think about this one. This is a really small one. But it's super powerful. Dear Kevin, you are hot stuff. (laughs) Just kidding. No. That isn't what it says, but she says that to me all the time. Man, thank you so much for leading me, Kylan and Gentry, and our church, to know Christ at a deeper level. Thank you for all the dedication that you have for Christ and us. We love you, and we're thankful for you. I love you, Georgette. What is that, three, three lines? Now I have days where I'm lonely or... I mean, Lord knows, I know this never happens in your household, but when I feel like me and G are having a tough day, right, I pull out stuff like this, and I remind myself, one, how good God's been to me because he has given me incredible people that have surrounded me all throughout my life. Your words have value. Your words have value. And you get to choose what you decide to and how to use them. One of the things we did today, this week, we made these little packages. You can pick them up on your way out. They're already pre-stamped. It takes all the work out. All you have to do is write a little letter to somebody that you think could use some encouragement. And what happens, church? What happens if we wake up tomorrow and we say, man, we're going we're gonna to do this. I'm not walking by myself anymore. I'm going to make a decision to die to myself and live for you today, Jesus. What happens, church, if we decide to use our words and then decide that they bring value and we use them to pick people up instead of constantly getting on a keyboard and telling people how wrong they are? What if, church, we decide to stop sitting back and saying this is what we're against, but this is who we're for? God is for you. He loves you. And I'm here to show it. Church, let's be the hands and feet that Christ has called us to be. Let's pray. Father, I love you. God, you are so good to us. Help us draw close to you in all that we do. Lead us, guide us, be with our hands and feet. Help us see our neighbors and and our, our, our family and those that maybe just work on our nerves differently as your sons and daughters and show us ways that we can outserve them. We love you. It's your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridge.online.